How is rope a form of couple communication? Does rope make Astrid horny? Why are old white guys always in the mix with everything? This is basically life, looking at how folks are sexing, loving, and living. And I'm your host, Tiff Mugo. Hi, I'm Astrid. I'm a bondage educator, practitioner, enthusiast, and big nerd living in Cape Town. And I have a little rope space that I started uh, where we practice and teach people how to tie each other up or tie themselves up. Um, yeah, and I also provide uh, sessions and private lessons for people who don't want to do that very publicly. That's Astrid, pronouns she, they. Astrid is one half of embodiment, which she runs with her wife and is an awesome bondage practitioner and teacher. She's also the founder of Ropey Things, which in 2007 was started and is a sort of peer-to-peer learning environment for rope. Astrid also kind of has a soft spot for chocolates and candles. You know, the finer things. All right, so we're going to start this. Been a long time coming, I feel. So I always start the podcast with, are you good? How are you just generally outside of all the stuff we're going to discuss? How are you? I feel a little bit uh, of nervous, excited energy to chat to you. Um, I feel generally pretty happy in life at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've been fun employed for a few months, which has been amazing. Oh, mm, yeah, um, that's, that's always a transition in a fucking half, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four months. I'm going back to work in April, so it's going to be interesting to juggle my bondage life with my vanilla job life again. But um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling like I'm coming more into myself every day, which is a really good okay place to be. Just yeah. landing in yourself. Yeah. So okay. So I, okay. Before before we jump into like your rope journey and things like that, because I have read a little bit about it, but now I'm just like, I can't just have what it is in my head. So balancing your vanilla life and being like you know your bondage and everything mm. is it like a batman situation <laughs> or do you like walk into like work on the first day and you're like bam just throw some rope on the by on the, the way yeah <laughs> just throw some rope on like the conference table and look people in the eye. <laughs> don't fuck with me it's actually really hilarious because i obviously i'm like publicly an educator and a top and that kind of thing but I'm such a bottom like my bottom energy I've got big bottom energy and I think (laughs) honestly that that's what makes me a good top is that I have a lot of empathy for what the person I'm tying is experiencing and Mm -hmm. I'm it's honestly like it's like I get an empathy boner (laughs) when I'm tying but in terms of um public Batman vibes um I I don't lead with hey I'm a bondage educator <laughs> with my colleagues. Hello, hello. <laughs> I won't tell them in the interview, but like maybe six months into the job, I'll, I'll just drop a little. Oh yeah, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so my previous job, I was out um, with my my um, my boss and my colleagues, um, but I don't I don't know if I'm going to be so out about it again. It's just uh, it I'm concerned like as the world becomes more like right wing that at some point somebody's going to use it against me for some reason. Mm. So it's a little bit of paranoia. It's the same thing with like being openly queer in a sense. Like I'm always thinking about this dystopian future wherein 
we are jailed or we're, you know, something's going to happen to us. Like uh, we go from having, because you know there's a queer eye Germany now, right? Mm. We go from having queer eye Germany and this and that to mm. all of a sudden just shut, shut it down. It down. Yeah. Because like, what was it? The Handmaiden's Tale told, yeah. t- showed us how things can go real left real quick. Yes. And also, I mean, in South Africa, I don't think it's such a risk, but I think globally the attitudes towards queer people are so dependent on like the zeitgeist of mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels really unstable. So yeah, so out of sort of like a little bit of hesitation. I'm not super out. Like, I don't use my full name when it comes to my rope work. Mm-hmm. I use my first name. But I use my face. You know, my face is out there. My first name is out there. So if you really wanted to connect the dots, you could. Mm. But uh, I sort of, I don't connect them myself because okay. um, I kind of want those worlds to say, like, I want boundary. I want a nice, healthy boundary between those two worlds. My whole family knows okay. that I'm a bondage enthusiast um i talked to my mother about it my mother's um an evangelical christian so it's quite an interesting i, I love this twist for her <laughs> <laughs> it's a twist it's a twist it's very interesting to navigate that with my mom because uh it's so far out of the paradigm that sort of makes sense to her but she still kind of she finds it intriguing and she finds it interesting and she wants to know about it so mm-hmm. it is something that we talk about quite a lot um it's really cool like even my mom and I are completely different uh we are also very similar and we kind of give each other a lot of space to navigate our own worlds with love from the other one so it's never like she's fully immersing in my world or I'm fully immersing in her world Mm -hmm. but we like love that we each have a world and and you can engage it and be like Mm. okay cool hey I see your world yeah I hold it. Mm. Okay, I love that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think what my mom would do <laughs> if, like, she knew I was here now. Like, she was really? asking what I'm doing this afternoon. And I'm like, I'm just in the streets. Don't worry about it. I'm like, I had class. She's like, good. It's good that you had class. I, I love that for you. And so I'm so I don't even know. One day, I like baby steps with mom. But so now, your world. Mm. How did you start your rope journey? Where did it start? Mm. Like, because I don't think it's like one of those things where you're in high school mm. and they're like, you can take ballet, karate, or rope. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I, yeah, I've always been sort of sexually curious I guess like I or you know when I was younger I didn't understand that I was queer I sort of had a compulsory heteronormativity sort of fun 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 for everyone Mm -hmm. um kind of thrust upon me slash into me whatever (laughs) (laughs) but where's the light also well played um and then you know as I sort of grew and developed and had new experiences I realized okay I'm not straight um what else is there that I need to question about myself Mm -hmm. um and sort of around that same time I was dating a guy whose sister was going to these kink parties and she told me about them and I thought they sounded fascinating so Mm -hmm. I was like okay let me go to a kink party how old were you at this time I was 23 okay six six years ago no I would have been younger I was 22 I was a baby oh, I had no business going to these things <laughs> what Honestly, are you doing at 22 you're such an infant like when I, when I, I I teach um I teach people who are over the age of 18 and sometimes mm-hmm. I get 19 20 21 22 year olds coming oh. to my classes and I'm like y'all take it super slow so slow so glacial slow. glacial you know what just even pause pause <laughs> just pause just pause um so you know considering that that is the age that i was when i got into this is kind of radical mm-hmm. um but the, for the first few times i went to these parties i just observed you know i didn't like 
engage at all. I kind of met people and chatted to them and watched play happen. Um, and I was just kind of gripped anthropologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I broke up with that boyfriend and then I started going and now participating in ah. things. So initially it was just like getting flogged or getting spanked or going to like a naked cocktail party or that kind of thing. So just kind of exploring general themes. Mm-hmm. And then I was tied up at a party, just over clothes. Okay. It wasn't anything like particularly deep. It was just a little harness over my clothes. And I was like, oh, this is cute. This is vibes. And mm-hmm. also aesthetically, it's quite interesting. But then when I was doing my master's, I went to Australia for uh, three months at first. Okay. And while I was there, I saw shibari, like bondage in the sort of with the Japanese aesthetic and the kind of bondage in a more sort of ritualistic, intricate, like technically advanced kind of way. Because the Japanese always take things very well. Like, <laughs> yeah, everything they do, they're, they're, they're just ready. Let's take it. So you saw it in that context. Yes. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it, their scene was also big. So they have, like, parties where, like, a hundred people will show up, but they're all there to do various kinky things. And they're all, like, it, it felt like that at the time. They're <laughs> all, like, super advanced in their practice. And I, was, I basically saw what our scene could look like in 10 years' time. Okay. Because they had about 10 or 12 years on us. Okay. Being sound African, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In terms of technical rope skill. Mm-hmm. So I thought, damn, that's cool. And I was, you know, I was like an infant, 23. But I came back to South Africa and I was like, no, I need to find other community who's into rope in the way that I'm into rope. Okay. And so I started talking to Tapiwa about it. We were in the same department. Um, Guys, we were just being nerds. <laughs> we're just being nerds. We're just being nerds, but we're also <laughs> going to do like, this cool kinky yes. shit as well. So the uncle and I, like, we kind of uh, would speak about our various proclivities and mm-hmm. we started to sort of share... Um, like first, I think photos of rope that we had done, or you know, and we sort of encouraged each other in the in mm-hmm. the practice. Mm-hmm. And then I approached another two people in the local scene who were doing rope. The one was Una. Um, she is the person who tied me that first time in that little harness. Mm-hmm. And then another guy, his name's um, Harry. He's a gay like leather daddy guy and he was <laughs> doing rope at the time he's mm-hmm. sort of taken a step back now and then there was this other guy he who shall not be named because he ended up being a little bit creepy oh. so like we just kind of exclude him from the narrative is he excommunicated <laughs> i wouldn't say excommunicated I mean, it's, maybe it's a strong word but uh he left the city and thank goodness for that no good good <laughs> good because because like nowhere is somewhere you should be creepy no not the subway not the bakery Mm -hmm. nowhere but i feel like within kink spaces and something this intimate there's no space for creepers Mm -mm. there's like no space for creepers Mm -mm. at all and actually since then i mean when i first started organizing events since then i've sort of grown more of a spine and Mm -hmm. now my opinion has shifted to this is a space that i'm curating this is my ethos for the space this is a queer centric space if you do not behave yourself here, this is my space. Yeah. This, the buck stops with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to not be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've become a lot more strict about it. Whereas when I started out, I didn't <laughs> I didn't have my own boundaries, never mind like... Like boundaries, boundaries. for like the space and everyone yes. in it. Like. But actually the representation that I had in terms of space holding was very much like you just organize an event and people come and you just kind of hope that nothing goes wrong. 
Whereas now, I, having done this for a few years, I understand very deeply that the space needs to be held. The space needs to be held. Like it has to be genuinely curated mm, and mm, facilitated, essentially. Totally. And you can't assume that people know what consent is. Ooh. You have to tell them that this is how we behave in this space. Um, and if they don't behave in that way, then you have to remove them. And like there's always opportunity for reconciliation or what's the word I'm looking for? Like a rehabilitation, in quotes, mm-hmm. for somebody to come back into the space. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, if you say to somebody, hey, the way that you behaved was unacceptable, they will get hella defensive, minimize, gaslight. And then that, for me, is just an indication that you did do the thing. You did. You did the thing. You did the you thing. You did the thing, and maybe the thing was actually worse than what I've been told because of the level of effort you are going to to minimize the thing. To like completely like erase <laughs> the narrative and rewrite the narrative yeah. because, Wow. Whereas wow. if you just say, oh, yes, I did fuck up. I didn't understand at the time maybe that it was a fuck up or maybe I did understand that I was doing something on the edge, mm-hmm. but I'm taking responsibility for it. That's a totally different conversation to, oh, no, that person who said that about me was just lying or, oh, no, it wasn't as bad as they said it was. No, no. <laughs> don't come and minimizing. Just own your shit. Just own your shit. And then we can have a conversation. Anyway. So, <laughs> to back it up, mm-hmm. um, so I got these four people, four and uh, they who shall not be named, um, <laughs> and we started to organize uh, rope jams. So that's basically where we all come together and we teach each other what we know. It's kind of like a co-learning space. This is before um, websites that were reputable, um, you know, websites that would teach you specific techniques that were okay. reputable. So, so that, but you said it's not even that many years ago. So this mm. is still really recently that mm. these websites and these resources oh, have yes. come up. Yeah. So, and, and in an accessible way. So yeah. there used to be websites. I mean, they are still these websites that are run by these like old white guys. And <laughs> <laughs> there's always an old white and guy. It's somewhere. hilarious to me that these old white guys are like more Japanese than the Japanese. <laughs> like, you know, when have old white guys <laughs> not been more Japanese than the Japanese? <laughs> it's very cringe um, anyway so they uh, they have these websites and then you can basically pay to take a course but okay. they're so inaccessibly priced like it is absurdly expensive to do an online course mm-hmm. everything that I learned I learned in person with somebody when I was traveling for my PhD or traveling to a conference mm-hmm. or um, you know going to specifically to bondage conferences because I it, it, the the what I could get online just wasn't matching up to what I could do in person, mm-hmm. and it, it cost basically the same to get the same amount of information. So you like might as well just do it physically do and it physically, yeah, exactly. Um, so I started to yeah take physical workshops, and I always had in the back of my mind everything I learn I'm going to bring back here. Mm-hmm. So every time I go and learn a new technique. I'm going to come back to South Africa and hold a little jam or a workshop and like we, we learn that together. So that was before I started to develop my own voice with rope. That mm-hmm. was more like I'm just transmuting, you know, what I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. like I got something, here it is. Here it is, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last, I would say, year and a half, I've started to develop like my own techniques and my own voice and my own like ideology and ways of space holding that I think is is unique to 
my point of view in rope, okay. which has been really validating for me. Just um, to like land in that. Mm. So what is that? Just like give me a little bit about that because you know you look at rope and like um, so I'm always looking over my partner's shoulder, Sipu's shoulder, mm. and like she's googling all these people and going on all these Instagrams, and you can see the different aesthetics. Mm. But when you say that you have like your own ethos and your own mm. what like just tell me a little bit more about that. Um, so okay, let me back up and mm-hmm. say when I when I learned to tie, I learned um, a specific style. Mm-hmm. So initially, I didn't learn a specific style. I learned like random things. That <laughs> I could, whatever I could get my hands on, I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. This is a nice, nice <laughs> knot. This is cool. Nice. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then when I did eventually learn a style, I learned um, the Kinoko style from mm-hmm. this guy Benjamin Langholz. So Benjamin is a amazing land artist, and he would come for Africa Burn to create these sculptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a ridiculously interesting human being. <laughs> like he's, uh, he is one of the most discomforting people I've ever met. <laughs> like he is like two meters tall, and he's uh, very intense. And when you tie with him, I've never been tied by him, but when I've seen him tie, like he ties to push your body. Like oh. his his style is to like really almost take you to the edge of your boundaries and maybe a little bit beyond. Like mm-hmm. that is his way of tying. <clears throat> um, and it's quite a masculine style as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he does amazing things like breathing together with the person who he's tying. So oh, he'll okay. start by breathing together, which I think is so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And like, God, there's so much intention. And impactful. Like, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then he takes you in onto this like fully immersive journey in, in rope. It's quite insane. Um, but yes, yeah, so he, uh, he taught me a lot of technique mm-hmm. um, and I watched him tie and I thought, okay, this guy, and also I'd seen other people tying before Ben, like at performances and stuff in Sydney and um, New York and stuff. But um Watching them tie um, was, it was like, I'm never going to be that. I'm never going to tie like him. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be a torturous kind of top, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm much more interested in uh, creating a sense of comfort and holding for the person who I'm tying. Mm-hmm. And if I trust that person deeply, then I'll take it to like a perverted uh, intense, painful space. So mm-hmm. with Sim, for example, I can tie in that with that intention. But with most people, <clears throat> I can't Sim meet is you. Your yes, that's my partner. Uh-huh. Okay. I can't meet you on the street and then tie you the way Ben can tie somebody he's met that day. Like it's just not in the realm of like possibility for me. And for a long time, I was like, flip, like, oh, what is my voice? Like, what do I want to say with this medium? Mm. Like, what it, you know, uh, who am I? <laughs> And I actually had to take a break from rope uh, for like a year. I was also writing my PhD at the time. Yeah. 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 She was busy. Yo. 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 Yo I can rest on my laurels for like, a good 10 yeah, years. Like, <laughs> and then reemerge and people will still be like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I needed to take a break from it and then come back to it and be like, okay, what do I actually want to do with this? And what do I want to say? And, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking about it globally. Like, what is the South African culture around rope? Like, what is our context? And if you look at our context versus like the Germans or versus the Americans or versus uh, the Japanese, even like our context is so specific. Like we are multiracial. We are a culture of we're a rape culture. We're a you know intimate partner violence culture. Mm. 
like we have issues. Like there's the there's the history that yeah. is not even that historical. It's no, like twenty years it's old. It's so fresh. It's, it's so, so it's fresh. yesterday. Yes. And all of the sort of pain and the violence yeah. that even came with that and then so it's raw. Yeah. And, and now you're having to tie it within that context. And I'm very aware of what that vulnerability means, you mm. know. And I've also been made aware by my um, by my friends who are, you know, of colour or queer or mm-hmm. of different experiences, um, disabled people. Like I've I'm there's stuff that I've been made aware of. Mm. So in my own journey with kink, it's like, okay, what kind of space do I want to hold? I can't just organize an event and like have people come and it's just about vibes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just vibes on vibes. It's just vibes. Ring rope. Some of it should be like, you know, purple or whatever. There's a theme, guys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You have to think about so, so much. Yeah, yeah. It's a much more complex milieu of factors mm. that goes into organizing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, a lot of it was from that point of view, like how do I make my space accessible? How do I make it as safe as possible? Mm-hmm. How do I... Um, like help foster the representation that I want to see. Yeah. You know, like yeah. who am I asking to help me hold space? Because I also realized I can't hold this on my own. Like it's impossible. It's, it's a big task. It's a big thing. It's a big, big thing. Big. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So all, all of that, that historical view is what is um, kind of guides my decision-making um, on like every level, you mm-hmm. know, from like, where am I holding my events? So that's also part of why I want to move out of this current space that I'm in and move downstairs is that I can have wheelchair access <laughs> to the space. Oh. You know, people can actually roll in there and, and be a part, be of, a the part of the space. So that's a big one. Uh, I like to keep things accessibly priced. So all of our rope jams, there'll be a discount ticket for, um, I, I, I always write there, discount ticket. LGBTQ BIPOC slash disabled to the front. <laughs> I'm like, I hate distilling us to an acronym, but uh, like, know, I only have this front. many characters. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> and the fact that you're actually doing it, because like mm-hmm. the way you mentioned these things, you'll have certain people holding these things and certain people quote unquote giving access to these things when mm-hmm. they're really just inaccessible. And they're just like, well, you know. Yeah. I've done what I can and I'm sharing my knowledge. So what more do you want? But yeah. like you are actually being intentional and taking it that step forward. Yeah. And I'm also, I've also have scholarships available. So if somebody really wants to come and they can't afford to, like mm-hmm. they can just come, like it's fine because most of the space is being paid for by people who are middle class and can afford to be here. Mm-hmm. Because also I think <clears throat> part of the class issue is, uh, you know, this art form did develop basically for middle class people. I mean, that's the kind of origin of it is, middle-class entertainment, Mm. you know. Um, And so I'm aware of that, but I'm also trying to lower that barrier to entry. Yeah. And so if people can afford to be here, they must pay to be here. And if you can't afford to pay to be here, then you don't have to pay as much, you know. And we can Um, negotiate that. And we can negotiate that, Mm -hmm. yeah. But, if you you know, people also want to contribute – it's it's complex money <laughs> capitalism is a scam is a scam it's such a scam but unfortunately i have rent to pay so i have to charge yes. <laughs> this, this space is beautiful because i think that's see this segue is so nice because like even the space you've created right um here and i will put pictures on basically life and all sorts of places but like it does not give your quintessential sort of rope kink space because, mm-hmm. like, to describe it, number one, there's so much light. 
so much damn light. And, you know, these things always feel like they're in the shadows. CD. CD. Mm. There's hanging plants. I love that. <laughs> and, like, it's just, like, white walls. So, like, is there a reason you created mm. the space like this? Mm. So, I wanted a kind of blank canvas feel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it doesn't hold a lot. Um, it, I mean, there's some photos that um, Sipu very generously provided. <laughs> um, and there's some, uh, you know, paintings and stuff, kind of very minimal uh, decoration. But I kind of wanted it to be a space where, like, whoever's in it is what is making the energy in the space. Uh-huh. More than the space is imposing an energy onto you. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to feel like a blank canvas, not just for, the, for that, but also that you could uh, use different color light. And so, for example, if I want to have a pink rope jam, nice. <laughs> I can have a pink rope jam because <laughs> I've got these colored lights and stuff. So it's kind of dual purpose in that way. But I also wanted it to be quite sort of minimal um, and the kind of space that can hold different intentions. Mm-hmm. So now this space is coming to an end because they're building a corridor through it. Like, like, and when you told me that, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> they're, like, they're building a corridor through this space. What was that song about paving paradise to put up a parking lot? Oh, uh, paradise to put up a parking lot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's a bummer, but it's cool. It opens up that uh, opens up new things mm-hmm. and more accessible space, which is cool. The well. space downstairs is very sexy, though. It is sexy. It is sexy as hell. It's... When you held the cake market there, yeah. I looked and I was like, oh, well, damn. Well, damn. Well, damn. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so, yes. and this space is for embodiment cake time, right? Yes. That is, so is it a collective? Is it a. What? So it was initially a physical space. So, okay, so embodiment sort of developed out of ropey things. So ropey things is that collector that I started with those other peeps, Mm -hmm. um, including the uncle. And that was kind of ad hoc events wherever we could get a venue. And it was difficult to get a venue at first. You were like, you want to do what? Yeah, no. Like, I, you know, my conservative Kenyan self would have been like, I'm sorry, you folks want to do what now? And like, where? Not today, Tiny Satan. No. Um, but, you know, we got dance studios to let us do stuff and uh, yoga space <laughs> let us do stuff. So we could kind of have our stuff. Uh, yeah. park. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to have a home for it. And I, and I really... Think that was a good choice because having a home for it means that there's consistency mm. you know and mm. consistency is not my strong suit but it's something that i'm developing <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bit chaotic growth, growth. <laughs> like, i'm very inconsistent with replying to emails i'm just every email my like, apologies for the late reply <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so having a space would mean consistency and it would mean uh, a safe space for myself to grow as an educator and for other people to grow as educators and space holders. Mm. Um, so embodiment, I chose that name because I think that rope is an amazing tool to get you out of your mind and into your body. Yeah. And it's about... <laughs> accessing emotions in a non-mental way mm-hmm. you know it's so like when you go for talk therapy or whatever you're you're it's having to in your head yes yeah, so you're having to intellectualize and transmit verbally mm-hmm. whatever it is you're processing whereas in rope it's this uh i feel like the body is like an interface for the emotional world that is not going through the the brain so or directly through the brain so i think it's a really wonderful way to get people into their bodies and we all know that trauma takes you out of your body it makes mm. you depersonalize it makes you sort of dissociate from from your physical self so 
what I love about rope is to bring you back into it. And it's quite confronting. And I think when you're going through stuff, it can be quite intense to process all of yeah. those things. But it's important. It's important it is. work uh, to oh. do with oneself. And like, as somebody who only since I okay so I, I call this period my eat pray love that's why mm. I'm in Cape Town for two months just like my mother was like what the f- what <laughs> she's like these youths they're always trying to find themselves <laughs> so like my whole thing has been like I have been very much in my head like mm. even um, so, you know safe space I love the way I say safe space on a fucking podcast <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> but like you know safe conversation yes. for now until this is like up but, like, even when I wrote Quirky afterwards, there was a part of me where I was like, I wrote Quirky purely from here, mm. right? Despite the fact that, yes, I've had sex and whatever, whatever. And then I had this massive existential crisis for, like, a year where I was just, like, I wrote an entire book about, like, the body mm. from my head. And I'm mm. like, this maker the no sense. And then I was just <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. So I just kind of shut down the whole idea of it. And it's only in, like, the last few months I'm like, okay. Let me find different ways to sit in my body, which is also mm. part of the reason I am here with you. And like when I met you and you were like, you must come and like we do the whole like Thai thing. I was like, oh. <laughs> like my brain was like, just like, shut it down, run away. Don't look at it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but then I was just like, no, 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 no. We're trying a new thing. Mm. So like just helping people with that. Mm. And so what has it been like actually? Mm. Doing, doing this work oh my like, word thank you for asking these questions <laughs> like this is the, these are the conversations I want to have mm-hmm. because I, I'm like so fucking over am I allowed to swear on the podcast of course I'm so fucking over <laughs> being asked things like uh, like what is it like to don someone or like it's like that is you know by the nature of me tying a person mm-hmm. I do have power over them but mm-hmm. I'm not bringing like big dominatrix energy to a situation ah. I'm bringing more like doula energy to a situation because that is the vibe I'm getting yeah. as if you were like helping somebody with rebirth mm. type thing and I think everyone just thinks you know what's it bonding yes. you know that show yes, yes. you think that all you're doing is like is that is yes. that okay so please just <laughs> yes. I so love this it's so interesting okay so I, I have um, private lessons and I have private sessions and then I have obviously rope in my own personal capacity with my partner mm-hmm. and then anybody else who I would like to tie so like when I met you I was like I'd love to tie this human <laughs> so that's why I approached you I don't I offer love, all I the girls I love this for you too you're, you're not in the club being like hey cutie <laughs> it's time no no, definitely not um, because I also it's an emotional exertion for me mm. like it has to feel like it's going to land well with somebody which is no pressure if it lands terribly it lands terribly <laughs> it's how it lands by the way well done for us having this conversation before mm. like you see you're so good at what you do. Keep yeah, telling yeah, me yeah. <laughs> continue. Let me continue. So yeah, okay. So private lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly it's couples who come to me. Um, straight couples, queer couples, lots of different sort of intentions. Mm-hmm. And I have to make space for whatever walks into the room. Okay. And I need to adapt whatever I teach them for who they are. So sometimes people want to tie each other. Sometimes one person wants to tie the other person. Uh, sometimes... Um, they kind of have intentions around eroticism. Sometimes they have intentions around like creating a safe space for surrender. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about like torture, <laughs> you know, BDSM kind of play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But whatever is there is what I need to work with. So that's really interesting for me. I thought that like being a bondage teacher would mostly be about teaching people knots. It is not about it is not <laughs> about knots at all. It's about space holding, like how are we holding space for each other? How are we communicating with each other? Oh my gosh. And so a lot of my teaching is about that. Like how are you as a pair um, using this medium to serve your relationship. Oh, that's beautiful. Which is a very dynamic thing, and it's not something I can say like, okay, this is the technique that's going to work for you. It's let's try this and see how it lands. And then based on how it lands, we can try something else, or we can try something else. Um, so the ties that I teach are pretty basic. They're mm-hmm. not like that hectic or uh, intricate. For the most part, people just want something simple that they can do at home, uh, that it's going to get them into a sort of space or a source. <laughs> um, get them lost in the source. Get them lost in the source. So that's, but that's really fun. And I love working with couples because I love relationships. You know, I love humans. I love humans humaning together. Mm. Like it's fascinating and it's hard and it's challenging and it's like so vulnerable to be with someone. Listening to you and people, your podcast the other day, I was just like, I resonate with this so much because you both discussed how you've changed, you know, and, and holding grow. space for change, you oh. know, and, and, and I think rope is a wonderful kind of touchstone in a relationship to keep, keep coming back to because you can see how your relating changes over time through this medium. <laughs> it's fascinating. Because it's like a new way of communication. Yeah. Because like, I think, I think with, one of the things that even like with the work that we do and stuff, we've realized that communication is one of the biggest barriers mm. in like a relationship. And and especially like, because we deal mainly with sex, right? Mm. And people are always like, how do we have great sex? How do we have great sex? And we're always like communicating. They're like, oh, uh. And you're just like, people wanted like, oh, lingerie and like get whips. And then these are the three toys you need. This is the lube you need. And we are literally always just like communication. And yeah. people are like... Yeah, but but also, do you have any like maybe <laughs> subtext? <laughs> and I feel like what you're teaching here is like a new form of communication. Totally. Because even if you don't have somebody to communicate with, you're learning a new language, mm. and it's a language that you can take mm. into different spaces. Because one of the things that I have realized about like this space is how intentional the people mm. are, right? And I'm 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 generally been quite a messy person I just kind of <laughs> plod through life like even my whole career I just keep waking up and being like oh I'm okay this is what we're doing now this is, this is great this is very comforting to me because that's how I feel about my career as well even the fact that I'm doing psych right now yeah plodded right into it oh now like yes now it's taking all my money and time oh but I'm just like woke up one day I'm like yeah psychology that would be interesting that would be interesting and i think you know what i'm just gonna be a therapist one day Mm. it's gonna take a while but you know what so now i'm plodding through that and also you know time is interesting before you know it you're gonna be done and then you know and and then you're gonna be like oh shit i have to actually like practice now (laughs) and and do the notes afterwards that's not what i'm uh, that's what i'm not looking forward to the notes afterwards apparently it's terrible like being in the sessions is apparently brilliant the notes afterwards, mm. 
Oh, so fresh hell. Oh. But so like, so you teach <laughs> anyway, people yes. how to do this. So like, so you work with couples, but you also say you work with like people individually. Yes. So then I do sessions as well. I do sessions very few and far between. So maybe one a month because of the emotional like yeah. work it is. It's it's emotional labor for sure. Um, because you're not interacting on a theoretical level anymore. Now you're actually interacting with someone's body. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I have like a few sort of regulars, uh, which is nice. Because um, then you build that trust build and that rapport. Yeah. Exactly, and and we can I can start to push them without feeling like I'm I'm going to break them, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's been quite nice to kind of build up gradually to more challenging ties. Mm-hmm. So you know the ties that you see on Instagram and people are like hanging from the ceiling. That shit is intense, yo. No, like, it's <laughs> intense. It's it intense. Like I'm just like whoa. Like, it's next level. It is next level because I'm just like okay. Number one, the physics of it mm. alone. Mm-hmm. But like just I'm thinking about how long it must have taken to tie that, to, tie and that. to figure that out and to allow that space and it's literally have someone hoist you but also like i can tie you up and hoist you that's a that's fine that's Mm -hmm. okay but if i'm considering it in a journey as a journey for you to Mm -hmm. experience so like how i'm starting you in the seating position how i'm moving you into the standing position that i want you into Mm -hmm. to be in you know and then how i'm hoisting a leg at a time and then you know like uh that movement that journey of the body is it's something intense. that is not that easy to learn. Like e- learning the knots is like trivial compared to how do we move you in space, <laughs> you know? Because um, it's a whole human. Body. It's a whole it's, human. It, 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 yo, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we're just on Instagram. Double tap. Yeah. Double tap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it's it's very physical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually very intense. So yeah. So for um, my privates, I, I tend to mostly tie on the floor. Oh, this is something I wanted to mention earlier. Is uh, um, so when I learned, I learned how to do these suspension techniques, okay. you know, how to do specific positions, how to do specific ties for suspension. Mm-hmm. And the, the harnesses and stuff that I learned were the kinds of harnesses that are most applicable to a wide variety of body types. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... I just suddenly had a panic that it wasn't recorded. <laughs> like, I was just like, if I don't see a small number, like less than two hours... I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. no, we're recording. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. We're good. Um, so yeah, so when I uh, when I learned, I learned these uh, these ties that are very uh, sort of transferable for different body types, and you can kind of hoist people into the air, and it's like fine. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, but it is still very intense on the body. So when I book people for sessions, I'll say, okay, you know, from session one to session four we'll tie like on the floor for the first two sessions and then the third session if you're interested we can do a partial suspension mm-hmm. and then for the fourth one we can attempt a full suspension mm-hmm. and if I do a full suspension I will have a person in the room other than me okay. so that person can bring a friend or I could say okay I'm having this person here just to be a spotter you know in case something happens yeah uh, and the reason for that is that I've tied people many many times without incident you know Mm -hmm. i haven't dropped anyone (laughs) yet um (laughs) you know uh but when you're doing it in a professional setting or in a sort of yeah like a more um yeah i'm doing it for money you Mm -hmm. know i like i don't want to risk anything (laughs) anything happening that's like going to be really hectic so yeah so if i do when i do do full suspension in sessions it's with somebody in the room um which also can change the dynamic so there's all of these 
considerations, you know, it's it's uh, how you feel today in your body, how you feel today in your heart, you know, how you feel emotionally, mm-hmm. um, how I'm feeling, you know, what the space is like, who's in the room, all of that stuff influences how the tie is going to go and what mm-hmm. sort of intentions are we going to be able to co-create, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also something that's really interesting for me about rope and what I love about rope is that every moment, every tie is its own moment, its own beautiful tiny bubble. Mm-hmm. And then when that tiny bubble is over, it's never going to exist again in that way. So you just, and then the next time you have a tie, you create another tiny, tiny bubble, bubble, even if it's with the same person. Yes. Okay. That, that actually makes me want to now ask you about like your own private space. Mm. Cause you said that you do this with. Your pa- what is your partner? Sim. Sim. Yes. And are Sim. you guys married? I think that I've seen you guys reference. We do wives. call each other wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we aren't married in the eyes of Cyril, but yes. But we have definitely consummated the relationship. <laughs> have you know? How long have you guys been together? Uh, like three and a half years. Damn. Yeah. So not super long, but you know, long enough. Longer than the panini. Longer than the panini. We survived the panini. Oh, by the way, congrats. Congratulations, hey, because not everyone survived. No. And a few too many people got married. I'm just, I put it out there. I'm not married shaming, <laughs> but there were too few, there were too, a few too many like yes. engagements being thrown about. Mm. So I'm just like, mm. guys, are we okay? Are we screening these wedding guests? Are we? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. Like, please tell me about like yeah. that private oh space because God. I think people always are like, okay, mm. so what happens? Is mm. it like now, like, yeah, I also think like oh, sorry, knocked the mic, knocked the mic. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's so interesting to uh, have my have social media be the way that I share about this thing that I'm doing mm-hmm. because I feel like it's such a one D representation of everything yeah. in rope, and and I, that's also my my fault is that I've gotten so over posting. That it's also like talking to you now. I'm like. How do you even begin to encapsulate this? I would yeah. get over. The, I would get over the posting totally. too. And be like, had a session today, really beautiful set. Like you'd yeah. have to spend like two days writing each caption. Totally, fast. It's, it's exhausting. <laughs> this world is exhausting, <laughs> but it's worth it. Um, <laughs> but yes, so I. It's difficult to convey always like what it means to me to tie and be tied. Mm-hmm. So my relationship with Sim. So firstly, we met in the rope context. So she came to one of my lessons. I love that. It was an eight week course. And like by week four, I was like, she gay. I'm pretty sure she gay. Is she gay? But like, I I don't know. Because people need to like carry around a badge now or something. Can we please (laughs) just put it on blast? (laughs) That we are homos. Are you right? (laughs) Homos. 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 So anyway, and then she, uh, one day after the lesson, we all went to Kauai for a smoothie, which is so fucking horrible. Awesome. <laughs> like, that is the most fucking awesome thing I've ever heard. It's like, so we did rope, then we went to Kauai. Okay. These rope uh, fetishists, they're just like you and me. <laughs> Get smoothies too. <laughs> so we went and um, she was talking about her strap-on game and how good it is. Oh, no, well done. That's how you put me That's up. That's how you put it on blast. <laughs> no, well done. How good my strap-on game is. Also, like, where's the modesty? No modesty in that no, tiny. Modesty for what? Modesty for what? For what? And you know what? It lived up to the hype. It Did surpassed it? the hype. The only dick that I've come on is mm-hmm. that rubber one attached to my wife. 
Let's just put that into the No, let's put that out there. Like, I think one more time for the fellas in the back. The only dick I have come on is my wife's big black rubber dildo. I love that. Yes. 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 It's huge. Is it huge? (laughs) No, it's not huge. It's it's average. It's It's average. average. It's average. (laughs) It's average. I love that. Yes, but it's because she doesn't reach around, yo. She just... Good clip stun. Oh. Like, it's the clip combo stun. Like, oh, anyway. so there's like, it's like a it's, whole combo. And she's tiny, hey? So like, for her to do a reach around on me, we're in an intersize relationship. And, no, I also <laughs> I love that. But it's a, I've never heard that thing. No, I made that up. Okay, that change up approved and, and copyrighted. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you had it here first, folks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, oh, like 1.54 centimeters and mm-hmm. I'm 178. So there's like 20, 25 centimeters. That's a whole room. There's a, a ruler. There's a ruler between us, and she's slim, and I'm a little chunky. So the, it's very interesting that she's able to dom me like she does. Like, she is tiny. So she just like just Ooh. slaps you out. Ooh, she's, Sluts oh, you out. Sluts me out. She, mm. she is, yeah, no. I love She's this. everything. I also love this for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm such a slut and I'm a very proud, very proud slut. Mm-hmm. And I have desires. Mm-hmm. And, and that's also what I love about teaching rope, sorry, is that I get to say to other women, this makes me horny. Like, right now, what we're doing in class, that doesn't make me horny. But, like, this is a medium, Mm -hmm. is a medium for me to experience my sexual energy. Mm -hmm. And, like, just sharing that I have sexual energy... It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so fucking amazing. It's amazing. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Back to some... Yeah, so we met uh, in 2018. She came to lesson. And then, uh, yeah, we sort of started vibing a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, But I kind of didn't want to, like, go really hard into the dms because i was like i'm her teacher there's a power dynamic <laughs> that is also very mature very mature but eventually we kind of got together and um we had a few awkward first dates and then eventually we we went to nurtuk to watch the blood moon and that was our like that was like our first like more sort of deep and emotional I hope date. you know that's the most lesbian I was gonna ever say like, guys, very lesbian I read this um, <laughs> I read this Twittergram you know when they put tweets on Instagram right? mm-hmm. where it's sort of like queer women just never do basic things for dates right no. it always has to have a theme like <laughs> we're like fucking paint sipping and painting <laughs> Or like we're going to pottery, or we're like hiking, or yes, even t- roller skating. Oh, roller skating! <laughs> the African Americans are always roller skating. Oh my days! Love it. Like you know, like just the gays just club. Yeah, I feel like the gays yeah. just go out clubbing. Yes. Or they go out clubbing. Yeah, yeah. that sounds pretty. Okay. Yeah. So you guys went to watch the Blood Moon. Yes, we went to watch the Blood Moon. Uh, you know, the eclipse with the blood moon. Of course. Because it was like lesbian vampire fantasy okay, or some I shit. That. I don't know. And then, so we like, we, we drove out there. I got sand in her pants. It was awkward. And then we came home. And then she was telling me like all her childhood trauma. And we were in bed until like 4 a.m. just like talking. And I was like, is this woman ever going to fuck me? Like, <laughs> are we ever, am I ever going to see the strap on? Like, like the strap on <laughs> game that I heard about. Like, like wait, is come it? On. But she's just like, Making sure that I know what I'm signing up for. Like, mm-hmm. she has issues, and mm-hmm. these are what they are. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay. And then eventually, after she told me all of her bullying stories from childhood, mm-hmm. then she jumped on me, and we ravaged each other. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. So that was yes and then we just didn't stop having sex for, like, probably two months. And we didn't leave each other 
we actually we've just been together since then. Like yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> this is like peak queer stories. Yeah, right. Like yeah. you're just like three and a half years later. We're together. Still here. Yeah. <laughs> and our rope relationship is very interesting. It's sort of developed. So she was bottoming for me when I was learning from Ben. So when I was learning all of those very technical rope skills. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard on her body. Like, because, you know, I'm shit. <laughs> and I'm, I'm learning. I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting her into positions that are really uncomfortable and challenging for her body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously as I learned more, it became better. But there was quite a while where it was, like, intense. Mm-hmm. And there was also sort of, I think, an element of, like, for it to be valid, it needs to be this kind of rope. So mm. both of us sort of felt that pressure a little bit. Um, so we were tying things that were just like too intense. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not a casual Saturday afternoon tie. It was like intense, mm. <laughs> intense. Um, so when I took a break from rope, she also took a break from rope and, uh, we didn't tie together for a very long time. And, and then when I started this space uh, last year, um, we sort of renegotiated our whole rope relationship. It's like, what do we actually want from our rope relationship? Mm-hmm. And what do we need from each other to make that happen? Um, and it's still like a work in progress. I would definitely say that we're not peak where we want to be. We're sort of getting back into uh, what we want that to look like. Okay. So when we tie now, it's very gentle. Okay. It's very gentle. And I've actually learned that what my wife needs <laughs> when it comes to rope is I need to tie her very gently. Mm-hmm. So the way I apply the rope needs to be incredibly precise mm-hmm. and gentle. Um, so I mustn't pinch her skin too much. Whereas before when I was tying her, I would just kind of carelessly pinch her skin all the time. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't like that. So now I need to very gently put her in the thing with very good tension, very high tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and move her body very delicately when I'm tying her. And then once she's in the harness, then I can be more uh, dramatic <laughs> with um. my like my my movements and my like the way that I'm actually tying her. Um, so when I hoist her into the air, for example, I can be more like <laughs> forceful with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, it's, it's something that is growing and changing. So that come, that's when it comes to me tying her. So she isn't the kind of person who just eases into a tie. Like a lot of people, myself included, when you just put one rope on me, I'm like fucking high. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, woof. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very sensitive bottom, but but she isn't. She's actually mostly toppy. Mm-hmm. So when she does get tied by me, it's an incredibly vulnerable experience for her. So mm-hmm. it needs to be done very respectfully and reverently almost of her. Mm-hmm. And then there's a space for her to express her uh, like inner little animal. So she's like a little animal and she makes these little animal noises. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. Uh, and she growls at me. And, and we have this whole language of communication that's nonverbal. That's just her expressing in animal noises. Um, and it's very cute. 
So it's kind of like quite an expansive world for her in rope. It's it's very reluctant in a way. Like she wouldn't just let anyone tie her. So for, mm-hmm. for her to let me tie her is a big deal. But then I need to do it in a very particular way. Otherwise, she's going to get grumpy. <laughs> Love that. Love that. And she will give me feedback throughout. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Constant feedback. Yes. Okay. Yes. She tops from the bottom. Um, so she, yeah. So the, the, the way we tie is not always very, uh, like, dog sub vibes it's mm-hmm. more uh co-creating an experience for her mm-hmm. and then when she ties me uh it's incredibly uh dog subby because <laughs> i'm such a fucking bottom messy bottom total, <laughs> total, messy total, bottom. total messy bottom um but i have some like phys- physical constraints i have a back problem okay. and my back uh is sort of more curved than the average person's okay. forward uh, it's called schoeman's disease so i get back pain really easily so and I get back pain when I'm sitting in the same position for a long period of time. Okay. So for her to tie me, I actually need to move my body a lot. So okay. that's kind of one of the constraints is like when she's got me in something, it needs to hold me oh, <laughs> like okay. moving. Like I'm, it's going to have to hold with all of the movement that I do. Um, and then she, so we do stuff that's a little bit more like uh, also more floor based and more like, uh, humiliation-y mm-hmm. and degradation-y but not like hectic but a little bit hectic uh, depending on the depending mood, on the the mood. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and very slutty always very slutty like, always, very always slutty. A, a crotch rope happening <laughs> I love a crotch rope oh my god I love a crotch rope <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you y'all should see your face right now like you should see it's not oh, like oh, and oh I'm gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah but once she gets me in something I just um, I'm aware, I become so aware of every sensation in my body mm-hmm. and I'm just like just my, my thoughts about you know fucking filling the car or like doing the laundry or whatever just they're just not there I'm just mm-hmm. thinking and feeling and breathing mm-hmm. um, so I need that space uh, a lot <laughs> not often but like but, it's a deep need for me because life is quite yeah, chaotic life, life is just the most that's <sighs> all yeah I, and it's so nice to have your person like give you that mm. give you that space the other day I'm totally oversharing now but no, uh, <laughs> I love the fact that you're just having fun on the podcast this is just giving me life I love podcasts <laughs> and, and maybe I'm going a little over time here probably, I have no idea yeah it's yeah, fine I'm fine okay it's okay I'll just be like Astrid's on the podcast I wouldn't she's do an rambling outro. no I'm not doing an outro. like for what I feel like because you've given all of the information that I could have given at the end of this podcast so you know what use the time sweetie yeah no. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the other day I was feeling I've been feeling quite depressed in the last few weeks. I'm sort of peeking out the out of it now. Mm-hmm. But there was a day where um, I was sitting down and I just asked her to just rub my shoulders, and so she rubbed my shoulders, and I just started weeping. Mm-hmm. And and it's just because emotion is just living in my body, you know. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I have this care from this person who loves me, I just it just triggered this like well of emotion mm-hmm. that just had to escape. Um, and that often happens when I have an orgasm. I'm, I'm sure it happens for a lot of people, but like when I have this big buildup and this giant cum <laughs> and it's like with her, for her, I just, there's just tears and they just like fucking burst forth and it's uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. It's just like the emotional release happens for me, which is so 
amazing to share with my person. Mm-hmm. But the other day, so she 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 did my shoulders, and then I just said to her, like the tears were like just here <laughs> at my eyes, and then I said to her, can you just stroke my head? Mm-hmm. And then she stroked my head, and then I just sobbed, like her that act of her just holding me and stroking my head. But it's so interesting for me that. I've gotten so in tune with my body that I can be like, stroke my head because that's how I'm going to get the cry that yeah. I need to get. Like you know exactly <laughs> what buttons to press, like what, yeah. where to go, where to what go. to touch, like yeah. because you are settled enough in mm. your body as opposed to like some people who don't even know that getting a hug is going to make them like weep, weep. like a small child. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. goodness, that's and I just... Think, yeah, and I think that's just being with bodies, like holding space for bodies all the time, um, being able to see what's going on in a person and they don't have the words for it always, but I can sense what is happening in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, yeah, like being aware of my own body. Um, and it's very frustrating for me being aware of my body and feeling my anxiety and the anxiety is it's like, I'm aware of it, but it's not shifting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it's there and it's just like vibrating there. And I'm like, okay, you can dissipate. And it's like, no, I think I'm good here. here. I, I think, think I'm good. fine. And yeah. Like, yeah, no, cool. <laughs> I'm fine here. Are you fine? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but I think having that experience with a partner, you know, being able to share uh, that body knowledge with somebody mm-hmm. is so powerful. Wow. Like it, okay, it is. All right, okay. So, you know what? We have talked all of this. Yes. And I loved this so much. Like, and it's also so weird that this is the first time I've met I know. You. This it's is so weird. weird. I've been like, I've been um, like fangirling from a distance. I was just like, I could reach out to you um, and like say, you know, can we collab on something? But then I just thought to myself, actually, I would prefer it if you reach out to me. And like, I one day. When you're ready. And you then know? I, I found you. Yes. I found you. And like, because even the King Pocket, I was like, should I go? Because I'm also quite a recluse. Mm. And I was like, no, we're trying. And I. Yeah. Yes, like it's fine. So where can the folks find you? Okay, the folks can find me on Instagram um, at embodimentct is the space. So that's where all of the event organizing stuff gets shared. And then my personal account is at desirelinesbondage. And I have a website, desirelinesbondage.com. And I have a Facebook page, which is Embodiment CT. And I have a Faith Life page, which is Embodiment CT. I, I love, you just, you just, also, you, you know, outside of this, you have to explain to me. You have to break down Faith Life for Ooh. me. But I will put all of these <laughs> in the link in bio. You must just go and find there, click the things. It'll be fine. Yes. Don't worry about it. This has been amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me. Yay! <laughs> Look. There isn't much information to give after this conversation now, is there? Like Astrid said all the things, and even where would I even begin? I feel like I personally have only scratched the surface. So if I start throwing out information here, you know I'm just lying to y'all. But what I am going to say is please check out the show notes. Please check out the description. There are resources there just in terms of an intro to kink, in terms of an intro to rope. I'm going to put all the information or in fact, I have put all the information there because you are listening to this right now. But I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to, y'all just need to just click the links. Okay. There's nothing else I can help you with. You just need to click the links, go and visit Astrid's page. If you're in Cape Town, like reach out and do the whole embodiment experience. It's a beautiful experience make sure you check out the bonus episode after this 
where I do an, a, a brief and then a debrief about my personal experience being tied up by Astridge, which happened just after this conversation. It was the most, like, it was just the best experience. But, like, yes, I am about to be out. But as usual, I'm going to tell you, go and give us a five-star review. Like, why are you at the end of the podcast not giving five-star reviews, okay? Also, don't be emailing me bare nonsense, all right? Don't be emailing me bare nonsense. Luckily, the podcast isn't on Twitter, so y'all can tweet me bare nonsense. But, like, for those of y'all who have reached out and said that you love the podcast, thank you so much. Um, The best way to show your love is to share the podcast and also to just give a five-star review. Know that I love you all. And this is basically life and i am still as per usual your host tiff mugo telling you to calm your tits life is not always that serious go to at basically life underscore pod for great content this podcast is available on apple podcasts stitcher spotify and soundcloud You can show your love and support for the podcast by liking, leaving a review, and sharing episodes with your friends, family, and squad. Also, email us at basicallypod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Best believe that this podcast is still produced by Hala Africa Productions and is sound engineered and musically compiled by yours truly, Balia Ketel of Chosen Flower Collections. 